Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they lost to the Atlanta Hawks. And it was a game that felt pretty good to start, right? All of a sudden, the Warriors looked like they were clicking, but they just couldn't hold it together on the defensive end. This is another one of those games, like after after the Miami game, it was like, how are the Warriors going to look against the Hawks? The Hawks, we all know, have talent. They have Trey Young. They have a bunch of dudes around him, and they just play really well as a team. We see how good they can be. They've just been bad this season. I haven't watched them too much, but they just haven't lived up to the expectations that they set for themselves in the playoffs last year. They're very, very good offensively, and they had the Warriors on their heels. The Warriors built up a lead and then coughed it up. They were down at half. And then that third quarter, third quarters are usually ones that the Warriors tend to own a bit during this dynasty run and even this season, but they just got worked, you know? You know, this is just one of those games where it's like, which Warriors are going to show up, right? Offensively, there's some bright spots. Clay Thompson played 40 minutes, which is a ton. He was 14 of 26, 9 for 16 from three, no free throws, seven boards, three assists, 37 points. Jordan Poole, again, continuing his very, very hot streak ever since Steph has been out. And then even since the beginning of March, 39 minutes, same as the Heat game, eight for 22, not that great, four for 13 from three, four for four from the free throw line, 10 assists, four boards, five turnovers, 24 points. Jordan Poole was shooting much better earlier in the game. And in that third quarter, those were the two guys that the Warriors needed to really keep up with the Hawks because they'd carry them throughout the first half, but they started missing shots in the third quarter. They started hitting more shots in the fourth quarter to make it closer, but it never had the feel of like, oh, this Warriors team in this game is going to get over the hump and pull the victory out. Honestly, it really felt like the Hawks just had more and the Warriors were hanging on by a thread. And if the Warriors were to win, it would have had to have been by some sheer luck, right? Because they were just scrapping and scrapping away. You know, a lot has been made of like Draymond not playing well defensively. Andrew Wiggins also didn't play well defensively. I mean, this is them trying to figure out where they land, how this team's going to look in the playoffs. There's eight games left. And yeah, Steve Kerr is still experimenting with how these lineups are going to go. He started Jonathan Kaminga to get more offense and he benched Looney to start the game. So, you know, that Draymond Looney combo isn't the best scoring combo up front. And when you're missing Steph, you lose a lot of scoring in general. And to be honest, like people can say like, hey, Clay, Poole, Wiggins, that should be enough scoring. But y'all know how Wiggins has been playing. And after that better game in Miami, Wiggins was four for nine. Okay, that's serviceable. Only one for four from three, four boards, two assists, nine points. He only played 22 minutes because he just wasn't giving the Warriors what they needed in general, right? I said after the Heat game that the Warriors basically just need average Wiggins. Average Wiggins who is giving effort, right? He doesn't have to be all-star Wiggins. He doesn't have to shoot 43.5% from three. He just needs to shoot like 38 
And that is reasonable for him at this point. And he needs to play hard defense. And he wasn't doing that. So Steve Kerr just went with the guys who were playing well. He went with Gary Payton II, who played 30 minutes. He was six for seven, two for two from the free throw line, six boards, two assists, two steals, 14 points. Now, Gary Payton is somebody that, you know, sometimes he makes some boneheaded plays. But overall... He plays very, very hard, very, very consistently. And he's somebody that I don't know if they'll be able to keep for next season, but I would love for them to try because they'll still need, as of now, unless they find somebody else, they'll still need some kind of point of attack lead guard to go after the really, really athletic, quick, explosive point guards around the league for stretches, right? Because right now, who they have on the roster. It probably won't be Clay because even if he makes progress, I don't know if you're going to want him chasing those dudes around as much again next year. And then it won't be Steph. Moses Moody, not there yet. Andre Godala probably will retire, won't be on the team, who knows. So you could find somebody else, but Gary Payton is on your team and he not only brings it defensively, but he gives you those extra things on offense. I mean, his athleticism is impressive. He had a few plays where there were rebounds and he would just go up amongst taller people, catch the ball, and just in the same jump, in the same motion, lay it up, you know, take the shot. He wouldn't come down and like gather and shoot. He made at least two of those. And I was watching the Atlanta Hawks feed and Dominique Wilkins and Vince Carter were their color commentators. And Dominique Wilkins was very impressed with Gary Payton's athleticism, you know. So good on Payton for giving the Warriors something, something in this Hawks game. And I think Draymond will get his legs under him or whatever he needs to get, get into a rhythm a little bit more. Because as long as he's healthy, he's still that guy. He was that guy before he got hurt. He just needs a little bit of runway. And hopefully these final eight games are it. Because if he's not him, if he's not himself, if he's not who he was even at the beginning of the season, then the Warriors' chances are very much reduced. And these kinds of games, it's tough because you don't know who this team is sometimes, you know? Right now, like it's Jekyll and Hyde from night to night. But taking a step back, at least the Jazz have lost three in a row, right? So the Warriors are still in that three spot. So that's a good thing. You know, if they land in the three spot, then great. These losses mean less. The way you play, like I've said, is what's important. And again, like, you know, the positives of Jordan Poole continuing to look like he's earning a big extension. And then Clay Thompson in this game getting himself back on track. But we'll see how it is against the Washington Wizards. That's a game that they should take. But as we know, they should have taken the Spurs game last weekend, and they should have taken the Orlando Magic game as well. But they seem to be playing better, more or less, you know, than they were back then. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. College basketball fans, Join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round? And 
who will hit the most three-pointers. Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. The other big news, but not surprising news, is that James Wiseman has been shut down officially for the rest of the season, including the playoffs. And... I don't know anyone who didn't assume that that was going to be the case otherwise when it was announced that he had some swelling or discomfort or whatever in his surgically repaired knee. Listen, like at this point, I've said ad nauseum over the last two seasons plus that I believe in James Wiseman. I like James Wiseman's talent. I think he can be an amazing player, but it's just really a question of, When he gets on the court, I'm sure he's frustrated. I'm sure the team's frustrated. Fans are frustrated. It sucks because it's not a question of him personally. It's not a question of like, oh, this guy has all the talent in the world and he's just lazy or he just doesn't care, right? It's just a case of bad, bad luck. So, you know, you got to compartmentalize that, say, okay, no more waiting for Wiseman. You just put that in a box, put a ribbon on it, and then set it aside and hope that these next few months where he gets to continue his rehab, it doesn't look like there's any further surgeries planned. So that's good. So hopefully he can just get right and have a true summer league, have a real preseason when it comes down to a real training camp because he's never had that. You know, you all know that. Didn't happen during 2020 when COVID just destroyed the whole NBA season for a while. It didn't happen last summer because of this meniscus tear and surgery and rehab. So he needs that. If he doesn't get that, it just puts him way, way, way further behind. I keep joking, right? It's like, wow, depending on which team Chet Holmgren goes to from Gonzaga, they might play each other in the summer league and James Wiseman better destroy Chet Holmgren somehow, some way on the court. You know, like that's what I want to see. If I, if that happens, then they'll be like, oh, okay, he's uh, he's making progress, but it sucks. It's a shame. You know, Aram in Toronto, we were texting like last week or something. Once the news that Wiseman had some swelling was out and, you know, it's like, hey, hopefully he's more Joel Embiid than he is Greg Oden, you know, and all three of those dudes had different injuries, right? And different issues. The thing about Greg Oden is he just, looked rickety in general. So I'm leaning hopefully more, it's more towards Embiid. Embiid, of course, had foot issues. I don't know what else he had, but he had mostly foot issues to start his career. And hey, feet are important, just like James Wiseman's knee. So keep your fingers crossed. And I don't know. I don't know what to say because nobody knows right now. You know, I stick to what I've always believed, which is If he's healthy, I think he has vast potential to be a great modern day center to some extent. But all those debates and arguments are put on hold because he's not on the court. You know, now the debates are like, is he a bust? I mean, if he never gets on the court, yeah, he's a bust. (laughs) You know, just it's not a personal thing. It's just the reality of the situation. But if he does get on the court and he flourishes and he can help this team next season, then that team next season is probably going to be much, much better than this team this season, the younger guys like Kaminga and Moody and Poole will be better. Clay will have more time to get right. Steph and Dre, they're still going to be who they are. They're not hopefully going to fall off in some crazy way. 
And then Wiseman will give them what he can give. So that's the way this season is rolling so far. I just have to say, thank God the Warriors had a pretty easy schedule to start this season because that's what put them really, really far ahead in the standings. And they've been hovering around 500 for most of this year. And you can't just say like, oh, they're a 500 team. It's like, no, because they haven't been whole. They haven't been healthy, right? Again, there's other teams like that, but it is what it is. That being said, looking at the standings, actually, the Nuggets are in sixth. They are half a game up on the Minnesota Timberwolves. And although Jokic is an NBA MVP, I personally, and I've said this, I don't fear any team for the Warriors if they're healthy, but I would rather see the Nuggets than the Timberwolves. And that might sound weird to someone who hasn't been watching the Timberwolves for the last year or so, but the Timberwolves, they have a lot of grit now. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of youth and athleticism. And those are the kinds of teams that really kind of mess with the Warriors a little bit, kind of like a lesser Memphis Grizzlies in a way, right? And not only that, it's like we've seen Cat play against the Warriors and he just, he beats them up, you know? He's way more physical than Jokic is. And for some reason, especially if the Nuggets don't have Murray, don't have Michael Porter Jr., I'd rather see them. Those are going to be really, really tough matchups in general because the West does have a lot of overall talent. You know, just some teams have flaws here and there or are missing guys. But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Because if you get a Warriors-Timberwolves matchup, there's a lot of storylines, as you know, right? (laughs) There's the trade. I mean, just all the pieces of that trade, whether it's D'Angelo Russell or... Andrew Wiggins playing in Minnesota. Can you imagine him playing in Minnesota in the playoffs as playoff starved as the Timberwolves fans are? And then you got Kaminga. And then, of course, Anthony Edwards. I mean, we won't have James Wiseman, who was picked second after Edwards. But then you have this thing where it's like Edwards' athleticism and star quality versus Kaminga's athleticism and star quality. You know, like there's a lot of stuff to play with there. Me personally, I still would actually rather see the Grizzlies play the Timberwolves because that would just be lights out. That would be some fun basketball to see. Anyway, again, the Warriors are still up on the Jazz by three games right now, right? As I speak. So that's a pretty good cushion. And the Jazz are tied with the Mavericks. So they're battling it out for the fourth spot. You know, if they can if they can finish decently, then I actually think they'll sit in that third spot pretty well. But just like last season when the Warriors ended up in the playing round, there still is no absolute certainty. So these guys know how to keep it interesting for sure. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our new YouTube channel. The link will be in the show notes. Be sure to check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Folk Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you can, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. And also leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be super helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Go Dubs.